Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. And now, Kevin Ray. Welcome in to the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I am your host. I'm here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. Thank you all for stopping into the Housing Hour today. Uh, we want to tell you how to plug in with us. You can go to thehousinghour.com. You can find all the information about Mark and I and our show. You can uh, reach our past shows, share those with friends and family, um, colleagues as well. Um, we'd love for the opportunity to interact with you. So share um, some information with us. If you'd like to go to our Facebook page, it's facebook.com slash the housing hour. You can comment on our posts. You can direct message us as well. Um, and directing you back to the housing um, There you also find our host bios as well so that you can look those over. And Mark also does birthday parties <laughs> <laughs> for those who might need his services, balloon animals and the, and the like. So, mm-hmm. um, but today we have a story really that um, I have been very excited to talk about. Um, maybe not so much about the content in that it is a struggle and it's a journey and it's something that these two gentlemen have went through in their lives, but really just unpacking for those other people who might have experienced something similar. And we have in studio with us um, the co-authors of a book that has just been released on Amazon, so you can search for it there. The name of the book is Unchosen, the Survi- Surviving the Emotional Trauma of a Job Loss. And the authors in studio with us are Greg Chambers and Peter Jones. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming in. Hi, Kevin. Thank you so much for having us today. Absolutely. Hey, Kevin, I, I want to jump in and say something you, right Kevin. off the the bat. Uh, Greg Chambers and I went to school together. Okay. So that's where I met him. And so um, I was super excited when I saw that he posted that he had written this book. That's awesome. I'm sad about the content and sorry he went through what he went through. Right. But right. it's good information. So Yeah, and you have something in, in um, common with him is that you're an author as well. Yes. And yes. I don't know if you guys have read his book. He's got a book out that was It's an ebook. It's an ebook. Okay. It wasn't it wasn't Amazon. It doesn't have this type of flashy But we have a great cover. cover. Yeah, we do. <laughs> That's true. Well guys, what I want to do to start is first of all, I wanna give the thirty thousand foot view of what exactly you, this project meant to you all because reading it and understanding just some of the backstory um this really for you guys was more more in my mind of a healing process and a way for you guys to unpack in your own minds here's what happened here's what it was like and here's what we're going to be doing in the future so either one of you guys if you don't mind um just give us that overview of kind of what this is all about yeah so kevin First and foremost, the collaboration was an unbelievable experience to be able to um, get together and just decompress all that and share it and become, find a path and become healed again through a therapy process of talking through all the things that are in the book. I mean, that's at a basic, very basic level, that's where it started was sitting down together and sharing our stories and our, you know, how we're feeling, what's going on. Uh-huh. And as that started to culminate, we, we really, you know, it kind of started as a lark in a way. And hmm. then it started 
building in this, hey, wow, there's really some stuff here that as painful as it is to put on paper needs to be shared because I'm so sure that so many other people are going through exactly what I'm going through and what Peter's going through. And so first and foremost, it was an excellent therapy session mm-hmm. each Monday, and it still is. We meet mm-hmm. on Mondays. So yeah. it was a great therapy session. And in the book, we talk about having that outlet. That's one of the outlets that you need is someone to talk to as therapy with a friend, family, you know. Um, so that at a, that's the basic level. And then as it grew, you know, the, the second thing is a calling – to give back, we, mm. we wanted to share that and, and share our stories, and sure Peter could add. To yeah, that. well, I was going to say, Peter, you know, surviving the emotional trauma of job loss and hundreds of thousands of people every year, unfortunately, all across the world, but more importantly in this United States, deal with this. So, talk and maybe um, use what uh, Greg talked about as a segue and give me your thoughts on why this came about and, and why it is that you did this. Well, thank you, uh, Kevin and Mark, for having us here. Um, you know, it, I'm kind of to resonate a little bit on what Greg said. One of the most traumatic uh, experiences that I had in my professional career is uh, getting my head around moving from one organization to another. Mm. So whether that was voluntarily occurred or non-voluntarily occurred, it was a shock to the system mm. and a shock to the family that I there mm. as well. So um, we had to go through this together, and we had to figure out how to get through it mm-hmm. to survive it so we could keep moving. Right. And so the sessions we had with Greg were started as therapy, and then we said, let's, get, let's write about this so we can help others. And that's kind of what it's all about is sharing our experiences so others might see and think about what they might do to prepare themselves better. Well, why don't you, can you elaborate more in, in more detail with your story, your personal story of, of, of sort of, um, and then we'll, we'll get Greg as well, but um, you, when you experience this, you mentioned some of it. You have a, not just yourself personally having to deal with this huge shock, this life change, and you have not only yourself, but your family as well, and there's so many things happening there you know, relationships and, you know, you sort of get into a groove throughout your life. Um, but when you say shock to your system, could you just elaborate a little bit about that? Because I kind of know what you mean. You know, yeah. it's, it's emotional, it's physical, it's, it's everything you could imagine, right? It is. And that's, um, I grew up in that generation where we, we had organizations that you started with and you stayed with them a long time. Mm-hmm. And, and you thought that they had your best interests in mind and you were going to stay a, a pretty lengthy career path and what you loved and what you were passionate about. And you became family in these organizations. Mm-hmm. Suddenly something changes for no reason at all, maybe just for the business downturns, and you're, and you're out of that organization. So you get shocked. Mm-hmm. Suddenly you've lost your family, your business family, that you spend you know, more time with than your own family. Mm-hmm. And you, you're losing something that you love doing, and you have to reinvent yourself yeah. and find, what am I going to do next? Mm-hmm. What am I all about? 
what can I do next? Right. Well, real quick, Mark, I noticed <laughs> that um, I flipped the segments. Is that okay with you? No, you're good. Because we're, we're on a roll here right now. So let's continue with Peter talking about this. Um, you said reinvent yourself. Um, I, I look at, you know, my father and my father's much older than you two, but I think about where he is in his career and sort of the trajectory of, of his path. And I think to myself, you know, what would he do if he were put in a situation where he had to relearn something or if he, he was, God forbid, fired from his job or something like that? And so I, I look at his life and, and where he's going. And after he had he had really done something for so long, shifting into something new or having to figure out what that new is has to be very, very difficult emotionally. Yeah, and just a quick um, snippet, I I had to look in the mirror and find out what was I good at Mm -hmm. and what could I do, what could I add value to a new organization. had to figure that out and market myself for that Mm -hmm. and realize I'm getting into something totally new. I don't know anything about it, but I know enough to make a difference from my experience. Yeah, well, it looks like (laughs) you've, you've landed on your feet a little. Right. So, oh, we're, we're back. We're always back. Right. Yeah. yeah. We, we, and, and then in the business world we're in, and, you know, we do this four or five years or as entrepreneurs, we move on to the next. Mm-hmm. So we're, I'm always back, but every time there's a change, there's always a little bit of trauma. It never goes away. Yeah. And we're going to talk about the social contract in just a little bit because things are so different these days as it relates to loyalty corporations and what they expect from their employees and frankly what their employees expect of their employers i think the bar has been lowered so far um, as it relates to 401k and pension plans and things of that nature so the companies out there that are really trying to build employee employee loyalty you know they don't have to raise the bar too high because of the bar being so low Um, and in the next segment we're going to dive in a little bit more also to greg's um, story as well because i think um, before we get into the meat and bones of the whole um, book, I wanted to kind of lay out for each person listening, you know, the stories of each of you all. And, you know, what I find interesting, too, is that a lot of people and, and Mark, you know, you've been with MIG since 1994. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, you had a job for a long time, period yeah, of time. That's right. So, you, you know, you and I probably aren't the best people that can relate just because we haven't had that experience. But I can relate to the fact that when you lose, leave another company voluntarily, mm-hmm. uh, when I when I did leave one company that I loved to come to MIG, which yeah. I knew I was going to love. Chuck E. Cheese. That was tough. <laughs> it, it was Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> but yeah. it was tough. And there and you did lose, a, you, you lost a family. So I, I relate to that. I just don't want it to get too deep in here and emotional, so I have to throw in. <laughs> I brought the, the I brought the Kleenex. <laughs> well, um, I think we have less than a minute left in this segment already, so we're gonna we're gonna take a break in a moment. And we're gonna continue on talking with um, the authors of the book Unchosen, Greg. Uh, Chambers and Peter Jones. Really a fascinating story. I hope that you guys can stick around for a little while. Join us back right after these messages. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Yes, it is Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. 
Uh, we want to thank you guys for stopping in with us, and we're just so excited to be able to share with you a very interesting story, an emotional story, um, about two men who were unchosen. That's the name of their book. It's Surviving the Emotional Trauma of Job Loss, and um, they are co-authors of this book. It's a great read, and I tell you, they've done their homework and a lot of the homework is just real life. So the homework is done just by you existing and going through those trials and tribulations. And um, for a lot of people that are listening, they may have went through a job loss. They may have voluntarily left an organization. They may have received that pink slip or whatever they call it these days. I guess it's an email now, right? Instead yeah. of a pink slip. <laughs> yeah. But um, And, you know, there, there's a lot that goes, there's a lot of emotions that are felt. I mean, you're talking about you know, if it is a layoff and the reason is, is that the company's, you know, profits are down or whatever. It, it's just, it's a very emotional thing to go through. You know, there's an embarrassment involved, even though it wasn't your fault. There's just a, a wide range of emotions that are very difficult to pin down and work through because you just don't have any way of identifying what did I do? What do I need to do? Who's to blame? Maybe there's nobody to blame, you know, so it's all these different emotions. But um, I wanted to change gears a little bit and now talk to Greg a little bit. about. Tell me a little bit about your story. So, Kevin, uh, 20 plus years uh, with the in the Coca-Cola bottling system and uh, started with a local bottler here in Knoxville. Mm hmm. Grew to a uh, regional director level and was, in my opinion, uh, contributing on a lot of levels. Loved the people I worked with. I loved what I did. And I think, you know, I think you hit on it a second ago. Uh, I was in denial. Mm. I managed and coached a lot of people, and I would coach them that we need to be ready. We need to be ready. You know, and that's really the paradox of the whole thing is I kept telling everyone else that, hey, we need to be ready, but you never think it's going to be you. Mm -hmm. And when it happened, I was devastated because of the level of of contribution that I was making to the company, millions of dollars uh, over, you know, sometimes a million dollars in a year to the EBITDA, to the bottom line Mm -hmm. that I was saving. And I I kept looking in the mirror and saying, wow, it'll it'll never be me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so... When you're in denial, it it's, it has even more impact because you are, you know, you kind of alluded a second ago, you're looking for the fault. And the first place you look is at yourself. What could I, what did I do? What could mm-hmm. I have done differently? What, what would have not put me where I am today? And the reality is nothing. Mm-hmm. It's there, there is no fault. There is, it's a company business decision. It wasn't personal. The only person it's personal to is you. Mm-hmm. And it was a company decision that that puts you where you are. And I I walked out the door uh, that day when I you know I, I remember many uh, not a few not a lot of dates that uh, each year you know we all remember where we were nine eleven. I can tell you exactly February twenty seventh where I was and what I was doing when I got the phone call. Mm-hmm. And every February twenty seventh I remember. That which is great because it 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 reminds me that I need to be in charge mm-hmm. and not I I need to not let the company be in charge of my emotions my career my uh, mm. where where I'm going in life yeah there's such so, a, there's such a belonging and Mark has some there's such a belonging that comes with a long term employment there there's a sense of just 
I guess, being a part of something bigger than yourself. You know, I feel that at my church. I feel that at my work. I feel Mm -hmm. that within my family. And all of those have their own little dynamic set of circumstances. Um, But you, you know, you think about work and, and, you know, you don't think of that emotional attachment on the surface level. Like Mm -hmm. you think about going to work and doing your job and you you just maybe forget how emotionally attached you are to that. Cause let's face it, we spend more time at work than we do anywhere else. Absolutely. Well, along that same line, cause that's exactly what I was thinking when I heard them. And in the book, one of the things that really impacted me and I had to, I told Greg, I had to set it down for a bit and get up and leave and and not touch the book. So the second day and uh, was the fact that when you mentioned, you know, we these are like family members. But then when you were unchosen the the day that February 27th, the next day or the next coming weeks, people that you were so close to all of a sudden wasn't they weren't there anymore. Yeah. Can you speak to that and what you were going through in that? So one of my favorite chapters is friends, families and friends, family and ghost. And since all of this has occurred. I do a lot of soul searching around friendships and relationships. And it's very interesting to me now because you go to work every day and you're sitting next to the person that's there, maybe years, weeks, months, years, you know, in that environment where you go and see people at meetings and you develop these relationships that are so tied and family oriented uh, at work. And then all of a sudden you're taken out of that situation and, they're not there anymore. Mm. And not only are they not there, they're not calling. (laughs) They're not calling you to see how you are. And wow, I I really thought that person would have been supporting me right now. And they're not. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's really interesting to me. And I struggle with it a lot. And I, I also look at myself and, and asking, am I supporting other people the way that I need to be supporting them? And it's, it's, given me a new perspective on relationships and friendships, but the workplace is, is interesting because there you do have that proximity. You have uh, availability of these people that, that you spend a lot of time with. And it's, it's sad that those relationships are so uh, volatile and so sensitive that leaving breaks them apart. Mm. Uh, and that's one of the major things that you deal with in the in the early days. Mm. It, it kind of sounds like a divorce. Yeah, and you lose you know this other extended family. Yeah. Well, and change mm. and changes is, is so um, difficult for many people, and and but people don't realize that they they think oh no I'm fine with change I'm a I'm a you know people person I can I can change you know and that's that's one of the I think lies maybe that we tell ourselves that we are okay with change but then when change happens all of a sudden these flood of emotions come and you don't know how to identify them but let me tell you the great thing Mm -hmm. there are people that step up that you go wow Mm. where did they come from right right and they're they're supporting you and that the other thing that was really surprising and kind of made me think again is these people that did show up and were we're patting me on the back and lifting me up and saying, "Hey, you're you're doing. You are very smart. You're going to do great. You you know." I'm like, "Where did these people come? They were there, right? I just didn't realize wow. that that they were going to step up to the level that they stepped up and helped me." How was your wife and your family to you personally? As far as support, that, and you know, when this happened, that's traumatic to them too. The wife loses a security blanket. The kids lose maybe a position in the 
in the community? So I'll tell you, my wife, you know, my children were uh, preteen. They're fairly young to be understanding the situation that I was in. But the my wife, the first night we sat down, I'll tell you, Mark, she said, uh, this is an opportunity that you would have never created for yourself. That's the kind of wife and support that I got. And that those words will always resonate with me that she saw it as an opportunity because she knew that I would they would have dragged me out of <laughs> out of Coca Cola with my Diet Coke <laughs> wrapped around my fingers wrapped around it. And and I would have spent my career I loved it. I would have spent my career there. It's a great company still. It's there you know, I'm not angry mm-hmm. at them. I'm not uh I know that that is an emotion that some people have is anger. I'm so appreciative of the opportunity I got. So are you still drinking Diet Coke? Absolutely. <laughs> they gave me a great opportunity for almost uh, 25 years mm-hmm. to be there. I I treasure that. I don't. Uh, I, I'm not angry about it, and you know it was a business decision for them. Yeah, so. you know you hear about those stories where people have these moments where they have lost something, and, and job is one of them. Um, I think of, you know, movies just going through my head. And when that happens, I mean, there is this sense once it hits them that it would be better just not to be alive. You know, it would just be better that I would have to deal with this. You know, it would be better for my family. It would be better for the people in the community. It would be better for whoever. You know, did those type of thoughts go through your mind as well? I, I wish I could tell you they did not. Mm-hmm. They do. Yeah. It's, it's some of the first thoughts that go through your mind. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I even say in the book, I, uh, for all the people we've all, you know, probably seen, uh, it's a wonderful life and mm-hmm. George standing on the bridge mm-hmm. yeah. and thinking I'm worth more dead than alive. Yeah. Even Job in the Bible said, curse the day I was born. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's hard to get your mind around because <laughs> some people might say, well, no, I don't think that would happen to me. But until you're in the situation, until you've really felt that, that's when you realize just how deep it goes and how emotionally attached you are to certain things in our lives. So then you have to decide, okay, what do I do to get out of this funk? And so we're going to talk a little bit more after we get back, and we're going to dive into one of the things that they describe as the social contract, the loyalty that corporations and businesses have with their employees and how how that has evolved or devolved over the years. We'll be right back after these messages. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I'm here with Mark Griffith, executive producer and co-host. I have with us the authors of Unchosen, uh, Greg uh, Chambers and Peter Jones. The definition, as you guys describe it, I guess, uh, for Unchosen is, number one, removed from a group of workers and no longer a part of the organization. Um, I'm assuming, is this your definition? I like that. Is, yes. Is, okay. And number two, removed from your job in an organization and no longer a part of the work group family. And then three, laid off. That's the three definitions. We created that word actually and have listed it, oh, as, a, it. as a word in the dictionary. Oh, wow. Unchosen. Really Unchosen. Cool. <laughs> so how, how does one take on that, getting it into the dictionary? 
Well, I have to let Greg speak to that because it was uh, through, I think, divine intervention that it came to him. So I'm going to defer that to Greg. Okay. Did you get it in like the main dictionary? Oh, no. He's, jo- he's joking. <laughs> so, yeah. Minister of propaganda. Peter is the minister of propaganda, yes. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, but but the uh, we labored for weeks and weeks, Monday evenings, and we were trying to find the what is the – what would really draw people in and and put out the message, you know, deliver the message of what's happened. And uh, it actually did come to me in church. I was standing in line for communion, and mm. the, the entire, uh, the cover, the the name, Unchosen. I mean, that's wow. Well, it makes really good sense because when you're employed, you're chosen amongst many applicants. Yes. Yep. And yeah. then they come back and unchoose you. And you're unchosen. Exactly. Yeah. And that's it's good. It's yeah. that that yeah, you are it's like being chosen for the basketball team and then or hey, what if you were in the group and all of a sudden they say, Oh man, you're out of you're off the team. Right. You know? Well, you know the, the opposite. Kylie, that's so amazing because you know, you think about out there at recess as an example, as a young kid, and you know, they're gonna say, Okay, here's our two captains. And then everybody goes down the line and says, okay, I'll take him. I'll take him. I'll take him. And then if you're the one, the last one that doesn't have a team or you're just, you're unchosen, you know, there is such a feeling, there's such an embarrassing yeah. feeling and there's such a feeling that, Hey, you know, I, I, I I'm not good enough. I, I'm not strong enough. They see right through me. They know who I really am. And all of those are just lies from the devil, but th- that ultimately are the thoughts that are going through your head. And as a child, you know, I, I fear my kids experiencing these type of things and God's can control. I'm not worried about it, but I do think about it and I do concern myself with it because on a much smaller scale, it is, it is in a way of what you guys have went through because, you know, the world's telling you, well, you've been unchosen. This is not the job for you because we have to lower our numbers. But you cannot help but to have that feeling of hopelessness, self-pity, um, fear, anxiety, depression maybe even for some. Um, but this social contract, let me dive into that and, and talk about that a little bit. Because um, the difference between today's corporation and yesteryear, tell me what you think. What's the big differences between the two now? Well, um, you know, I started with, I was working with a, um, a Swiss conglomerate that was in a hundred countries and, you know, was at uh, what I thought at the pinnacle of my career. And, uh, suddenly the, what happened is that there was a business downturn globally. The, the, the great, the recession that hit in night and the world trade agreement that changed the scope of that company. Mm. So it, it had to drastically re, um, redesign itself and shrink. And so, um, we, so corporations now are responding to markets and adjusting quickly their businesses to respond to those markets, whether they're going down, whether they're going up. And unfortunately, the cycles are no longer steady. They're like this. They're moving up and down faster. So as a result of that, people are getting chosen and unchosen a lot faster. Mm-hmm. The average person that stays in a job now is four or five years and they switch. When in my generation, when I started, it was 10 plus years, mm. 15 years in a job. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the dynamics that's affecting us with globalization. Companies around the world are creating or taking jobs away from each other. And with as big of a deal as healthcare is, you know, Greg, nowadays when people are looking to hire new people, 
um, more than ever in our lives has age become more of an, a subject, even though you can't ask, Hey, how old are you? But when that interview occurs because of, you know, they, employers seem to think rather than them, Oh, they have experience. They're thinking, Oh, they're going to get cancer or they're going to have more cost associated with their employment. Is there some of that happening too, do you think? Or I'm, I'm sure that's crossing the lines and somewhere in the back, there's someone mm. uh, running the numbers that says that right. when people reach a certain age, they're more costly to mm. keep on the, the yeah. books. And, you know, unfortunately I'm sure that happens. And, uh, it is, it is unfortunate because the, the knowledge and, that you carry as you as you build upon that and gain seniority to you know the funny thing you ask the employees it is valuable but from a com- company perspective I'm not sure that they perceive value as much mm-hmm. um, we all see it happening and the work and the workers in the workplace see the impact of outsourcing and people that don't have the the emotional commitment to the company doing work and that's the type of quality that you're getting you're getting quality of people that don't have an emotional commitment to the company. Mm. And I think you're right. It's going to be interesting. I, I talk to a lot of millennials still uh, now trying to, to just get the same idea of what is, what is their expectation and what do they think the workplace you know is going to look like. And, hey, those guys are still expecting to be on with companies, even though they're jumping around. What they really want is that social contract. Right. They want it back. They want to have uh, be with a company a while and have that kind of security that comes with knowing that you you you've got a paycheck in a few years and that you can plan you can plan your your housing your you know your life your everything. Uh, they still want that, but it's uh, it's unfortunately it's going to be interesting to watch for a few years and see what the impact on the workplace of people that jumping around a lot. Yes, yeah. right. Ultimately, to that was my question. Yeah. Uh, what you're feeling, Peter? What What do you think that's going to look like? Because in the book, you stress the point: the social contract. There's this worry-free, security-based, you know, contract that you have between you and your employer. But now that this cycle has come, where you're two or three years, what's the future of stability in our mindset, and how are we going to relate that to our family? Well, I think that's a good question, and and uh, I think uh, it comes comes back to uh, reinventing yourself maybe mm-hmm. or finding your position so that you can pitch your um, your value that you can bring to a company. And, and there are certain companies that realize that value re- regardless of your age or your experience. And I think uh, and in my experience, large co- corporations that I work for now, uh, they, we are adding contractors. We do have these temporary workers that come and go, mm-hmm. but there's a quality of of, of information and a quality of work that they provide that you can't get from a Greg or myself mm-hmm. that are there. And when we are there, we are committed and we're in love with that organization. But we expect that at some point, two, three, four years, we're going to exit again. Right. Well, and I was thinking about the way you wrote this chapter and the demand that was there, you know, when the Industrial Revolution was going on. And then you have the demand post-World War II. And these businesses and these corporations, they wanted to do anything to get a loyal group of employees. And it's almost now it's shifted. It's almost went from the 
employer wanting the loyal group of employees, now our employees are desperately seeking loyal corporations. You know, it's like, and, and, and what's the key thing that has changed that? It's profitability. It's profitability. Mm-hmm. If you if you have profitability as your number one goal, then you're going to find some disloyal companies because, like you say in the book, you know, profitability over time. So America has seen profitability rule over loyalty and ex- expectations of short-term employment rule over long-term engagements. And then you end the chapter by saying that the social contract has been canceled, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. – is that sort of, I mean, for me, and I'm looking at it from my perspective in my family, I would almost find it more um, beneficial to go with a smaller company that has recognition in a, in a region, but then you're limiting yourself to what you can and can't do. Right. And you're also subject to that company being bought. Mm. by a larger company Absolutely. there's a lot of that that happens yeah I've, you know, I've been a part of acquisitions on both sides in the in the system so many times and that's very fragile and volatile in mm. itself so it's it's hard to know uh, you know i guess that's when we say the social contract is canceled it, it's the volatility of the system that has created that and in part uh it's it's hard to find that guarantee you're not going to find that guarantee anymore i think that's the bottom line yeah i totally agree with that and i tell you um you know this this is really for anyone who has went through a change in their life it it does certainly have more to do with employment than anything but you know you could take a lot of these same principles and apply that to if you were you know if you had to get up and leave a church all of a sudden for whatever reason or if you had a group of friends that you're all's you know you're all's ideals just sort of shifted and you and you moved away from one another there's so many things that this can relate to so we're going to continue in our last um, segment we're going to continue talking with these great authors greg chambers and peter jones right after these messages Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. I do want to direct you all real quick how to get to our website. It's thehousinghour.com. And we're going to have a link, I believe, to the Amazon um, link for the book. Right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. And you can order that book. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, if you have Amazon Prime, you can get that book Signed, sealed, well, not signed. You're not going to, you could probably bring it and have them signed, but it'll be sealed and delivered within a couple of days, right? Absolutely. Um, and it's, it's a very good read. And I like the style of writing that you've used. Um, I also like, and don't take this the wrong way, but I like the way that you don't really go into so much depth. You know, sometimes authors go into so much analytical depth where you're just confused by the end of the sentence. You're just thinking, okay, let me reread that, <laughs> you know, but you guys are so straightforward and very, very simple with your approach, but with profound, I think, emotion involved. And I can feel that jumping out of the page. And that, I think that there's a lot to be said for that. But in this last segment, we want to talk about um, the restoration and, and how you came full circle, right? Because, you know, part of the story was that you guys have, have turned the corner and you have had a, a 
a shift in your attitude and your emotion and where you are in your lives today. And in one of your chapters is called Chosen Again, I believe. Um, talk a little bit about that. Greg, first, if you don't mind, talk a little bit about um, you know, how you were able to make that sort of transition from the resentment and the fear to I have hope, I have something to look forward to. It takes time. I think uh, Peter alluded to this earlier is that I think this is different for every person. And that's mm-hmm. the thing that you have to realize that it, you know, I can't say in three weeks, if you do these three things, you're going to be healthy again. Mm-hmm. We all are coming from different places. We have different backgrounds. We have different experiences. I, I happen to be at a point with three preteen children uh, for the first time in my life with a family to support. And so I was coming from a different perspective than others may be coming. But I do know that everything that I felt from the number of people we've talked to is the same. Mm-hmm. We all have that embarrassment. So the the journey is um, introspective. Obviously, you know if you uh, you sit down and you you look at your expenses, your finances, your house is so important. You know that's I, I love the fact that we're on the housing hour because I think that one of the things that you have to think about is how do you take care of your family in the in the gap. Uh, so short term, so you got all the short term thoughts that are going on about how okay, how am I going to make it in the short term? And there's also these long term perspectives of am I in the right house? Am do I have the right mortgage? Do I, you know what does my debt look like? What is what is our financial life going to look like? That's the, on the financial end, and then all the emotional pieces. And the emotional journey for me was. Uh, it's a great story, and I and it's a great place to be now. And the, getting on the other side is terrific because once you're on the other side, uh, I wrote down the word proxy because as a loyalty employee, loyal, loyal employee of a company looking for security and a long-term engagement, I proxied my life to the company and my my welfare. Mm-hmm. I had church. I had family. And I had my work, and that's where I spent my time. And I proxied my career to them because they're going to take care of me, right? Right. <laughs> so the the shift for me was I am I am Greg centric now, not company centric. And I live around. And Peter said this earlier: a big part of figuring out that you're going to make it is figuring out what it is you do well. And focusing on that and being able to apply that to different places, one of the one of the great things is being able to go back and take those skill sets and put them to work successfully in other situations. And come to find out, you have all the time because you've done it at church and you've done it on other projects, and you know. But but you have to come to that realization. You have to become self centric, not self centered, self centric. You have to understand that. You live. You have to live within yourself and not let the company give them the proxy and say, "Here, run my career for me." You have to do it. And once you once you come across that barrier and figure that out, that's what happened for me. And I think I hope we put that together in a package in the book and given you. I, I like 
the way you said that we it's very simple it is written very simply mm-hmm. i wanted everyone to be able to pick it up or read it quickly and the at the end i i hope that we've got all the pieces there and you know I talk about having a good friend and family to talk to a journal has been so important to me because you can write things in your journal you can't mm-hmm. tell to right. <laughs> you know anyone else. Write your feelings down. Right. Uh, there, there's a lot of components there that you have yeah. to. You need to sit down and you know take all those pieces. Some some may work for some people. Others may work for others. I can't you know I can't give you the 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 golden bullet mm-hmm. there. It's everyone's different. But I think we have all the pieces there that someone that's in this situation can go and find the pieces they need and to get on the other side. Yeah. And that's what it was for. Yeah, and and I will also, Peter, if you want to expand on that as well, but um, I remember reading in towards the Chosen Again uh, chapter, the part where you talk about finding a new career became your full-time job and trying to drown out the noise, whether that be um, literally or, you know, I don't know what you mean. I'd like for you to talk about that because being able to focus in on, on an objective with all these other pieces of the puzzle still coming into clarity, the emotional part, the feeling, you know, that you felt maybe the disloyalty and the resentment part, these other emotions and factors and, you know, talking about dealing with it holistically, not just, okay, I got to find a new career and let me just go jump on the very first thing I find. Talk a little bit about that. That's a good question. Um, And Kevin, uh, I was obsessed with the first time that I became unchosen from that organization um, I was obsessed with the why. You know, why did this happen to me? Mm. Uh, and there, and I finally realized that there is no answer to that why. Mm-hmm. It just happened. And then I, my next job was to find my next job. Mm-hmm. So when I, and it took me six months, maybe a full year to get really out of that, uh, at least six months to get into a position where I could talk to people, write a resume reinvent myself, figure out what I was all about mm-hmm. and what I was going to do next. And um, that took about six months. And that's what uh, brought me into closure and brought me back into healing. And what I can say for people that go through this, um, I, I, I became stronger. Mm-hmm. And I'm better and stronger than I was five, six years ago because I've gone through this a few more times again. Each time the period is shorter but there's still always that trauma. And I think there's some parts of it that you don't ever get over. Mm. There's some of those organizations you still think about good times, all those people you had there. You don't really get over that. Mm. You know, I really feel like, um, you know, one of the benefits of change is that I feel God is using that to refine you and make you a better person and make you a more complete person. And, the reason being is because the challenges that we face today are much different than we faced 20 years ago. And some of those challenges require one to change quickly and be able to respond at a moment's notice. And that's the way that our society is. It's instant gratification. You get responses within one minute. You want to be approved for a loan, you hit submit. You know, these things require one to change and be able to really shift their mindset. And so what you said, you know, the six months to me, that doesn't seem like a long time because it would take that long 
to really approach it in a way that it needs to be approached. And let me ask both of you all this question. Do you guys feel like, and this may be hard to answer, but do you feel like going through this process of writing the book and having been unchosen has made you better people? I'll start first. I think it's made me a better person because I've become more realistic in my approach. Mm-hmm. I'm more honest with my new employers that I talk to. I tell I tell them that there's a window that you we're probably going to work together, and we got to figure out how we're going to work this window. Mm. And I've become better because I have uh, sincere expectations from their side and what I'm going to do. That's good. Only about thirty seconds. Okay, absolutely. The answer is absolutely. Am mm-hmm. I a better person? I'm a better friend. Mm. I'm a better father, husband, uh, across the board, mm. because I'm I'm focused on uh, priorities. Yeah. Again, and uh, I spend a lot of time outside of work building relationships. I talk about that in I think in the book, and really important to people to have build that outside of your workplace. Mm. So, yes. <laughs> That's great. Well, uh, Mark, I got to tell you, I appreciate you bringing these gentlemen in. I thank uh, I them for coming in. Like I'm a better person just by listening to your story. It's a good book. It's a good read. We will have this on our website. And we want to thank both of you guys for coming in, Greg Chambers and Peter Jones. The book is Unchosen, Surviving the Emotional Trauma of Job Loss. Check it out on our website, thehousinghour.com, and we'll see you next week right here. That's the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and why not you need to know, so come here to find out. Also, check us out at thehousinghour.com. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.